Amen. Good morning, everyone. It's good to be in the house of God. Amen. I love being in the house of God. We had a great privilege of uh, going down to your campus site down in Vandalia, and uh, it just was an honor and privilege to be there and to to speak to the people there. It's just a great opportunity, I think, for all of you to, you know, if you haven't been down there or haven't been able to serve yet down there, get involved. I mean, it's just such a, I had such a great time. I was so blessed. And uh, it's just a great opportunity to touch another community and see God do something great in another community. Amen? So go. Go. (laughs) Amen. Well, today I just, uh, I don't know how many of you know, but I've been in Japan for almost 22, 22 years now. And uh, our church has been in existence for 20 years now. This is our 20th anniversary this year as a church in Japan. And so we're having a, when Adrian and Aaron come uh, for the reception, we're going to have a wedding reception for them. In November, uh, the following day, we're going to have a celebration for our 20th anniversary as a church at that time. So I thought uh, this time as I come and share that I'd, I'd like to just share, you know, the his, a little bit of history about us and about the church and just some life lessons that I've learned over those years. Is that okay today? So... Uh, my PowerPoint's working differently today than it did yesterday, so I'm, I get a little confused of where I'm at, but we'll try again this time. Is it ready to go? Okay, so this is my roots. This is where we started. Uh, we started here at Redemption Christian Assembly, which is now New Day, and uh, you can see Carrie there in the middle, and Heather's up there at the top, middle. And I'm in the middle right behind Carrie. So this is where we started. And I always feel like when I come back here, it's coming back, I'm coming back home. You know, my home is in Japan and this is my home away from home. And I just feel so blessed whenever I come and be with you all. You guys all still trying to figure out who's who? Well, after I left Redemption, we went. I went to Portland and uh, went to Bible College, and there I met my wife, and uh, she's still as beautiful today as she was back then. Amen. <laughs> and we got married in 1988, and uh, we got married three times. We got married at a Japanese small Japanese church. And then we went to the American Embassy in Tokyo and got married again. And then after that, we flew here to Redemption and got married again. And so the moral of that story is we wanted to make sure that we were married because God had a great work for us to do. I wanted to make sure that she knew that she was married to me. You know, I had no problem, but... Anyways, this is my family, and uh, most of you know Adrian and Daniel, who have been here now for a year or two years, and uh, we're really blessed to see them growing and and doing great things for God here. really am. Okay, so that's where we're at that verse. Okay, so I want to share some milestones in my life and in our lives 
Um, one of the big milestones was um, when we were still in Portland Bible College. You know, I felt like God wanted me to marry Kaku, but at the time, a lot of people were pressuring me. When am I going to get married? When are you going to marry her? When are you going to ask her? And when people start asking me those kind of questions, it kind of makes me pull back. I really don't like being pressured into doing something. So I was really struggling with that. And so I went home that night and um, just began to pray, God, what is my future? You know, is it, is my future tied to this woman? And and what what is my future? How am I going to provide for her? You know, I, I had sold my... Uh, moved everything from here, quit my job and moved to Bible college. So just working a part-time job. And I knew that God wanted me to be a pastor in the future, but I didn't know how all that was going to work out at, at that at that time. And so I just began to pray. And God gave me these verses uh, in Isaiah 61, verse 5 and 6. It says, Strangers shall stand and feed your flocks, and the sons of the foreigners shall be your plowmen and your vine dressers. But you shall be named the priests of the Lord. They shall call you the servants of our God. You shall eat the riches of the Gentiles, and in their glory you shall boast. Surely you shall call a nation you do not know, and nations who do not know you shall run to you because of the Lord your God and the Holy One of Israel, for He has glorified you. And that's in Isaiah 55.5. And these two passages, God just really planted in my heart and, and gave me confidence. And so the very next day, I asked my wife to marry me. And, of course, she said yes. Of course, right? <laughs> but And then, after a few years, we after three years, we moved to Japan not knowing what we would do or how would you know we knew that God had called us to Japan but how financially how we were going to do things how were we going to get the church going we had no idea but what we relied on, upon were these verses and even the first few years the first few years we saw almost nobody come to Christ. It was like the first few years, I would say the first six, seven, eight years, it was like being on an island on an island. There were no other Christians. There were almost no other foreigners living in that area. All we had was the sure word of God to stand on and, and trust that God was going to do it. And so my first life lesson was stay true to the call. Because if God gives you a word... You have to stand on that word because many times you won't be able to see in the, your natural eyes what God wants to do. You have to see with your spiritual eyes. And we had to stay true to the call. And this is what kept us going many times. Um, many of you may not know, but we moved in 1991. And this is our city. Uh, this is from the top of Joyama, uh, Castle Rock. It overlooks our city, and we've taken many teams there to, to pray over our city. And uh, you can see Mount Fuji very clear from our house. It's a very beautiful view. Uh, many of you may not know, but Japan is, there's over 128 million people that live in Japan. 
It is the second largest. This is the largest, but it's the second largest unreached people group in the world. And our prefecture that we live in is the second most unreached part of Japan, in Japan. We're located at the belly button of the Izu Peninsula. And so, those first few years, we had nothing to stand on except God's sure word. And the second word that God gave us through a prophetic, prophetic ministry that we received uh, was in Hebrews chapter 10, verse 35 to 39. It says, Therefore do not cast away your confidence, which has great reward. For you have need of endurance, so that after you have done the will of God, you may receive the promise. For yet a little while, and he who is coming will come and will not tarry. Now the just shall live by faith, but if anyone draws back, my soul has no pleasure in him. But we are not of those who draw back to the to perdition, but of those who believe to the saving of the soul. You know, in Japan, if one person gets saved in a year, you're one of the fastest growing churches in Japan. Working in Japan is not a glamorous, you know. A lot of people like to, to give to countries where they can say, yeah, we're feeding thousands of people every day and we're seeing many people get saved. Well, we didn't see anybody get saved for the first eight years. <laughs> seemed like, you know, it's just, there wasn't hardly anybody getting saved at the very beginning. And there was almost nobody there for us to even talk to about about it. I mean, we were just, we had to stand on the sure promises of God. Our first real members actually came three years after, after we had started the church. We started the church, uh, with a couple of my students who eventually one of them got saved and is doing really well and she had to move to Tokyo as she got married. She's in one of our, uh, friends' churches and just doing amazing things there. So we're really, excited about that but we started the church with two Japanese men uh, or two Japanese people and one American family that was working there we were teaching their grandson English Uh, the couple on the left side here were just friends of ours visiting they were uh, in Nagoya which is about four hours from us our first real members were Japanese Brazilians they didn't speak Japanese. We didn't speak Portuguese. Why are they coming to our church? <laughs> you know, and it was just amazing how God began to bring more and more Japanese Brazilians into our church. And my second life lesson was minister to those God brings into your life. You never know why God brings who He brings, but you need to be be prepared to just love them and reach out to them. They may look different. They may act different. They may come from a totally different culture, totally different background. But are you willing to love them and reach out to them? I wasn't. I felt so inadequate because I didn't speak the language. I didn't speak Portuguese. You know, sometimes we would try to communicate in Japanese and sometimes we would actually communicate. But it actually wasn't Japanese, I found out, because when we were trying to communicate, my wife had no idea what we were talking about. (laughs) 
<laughs> we had we were using Japanese, but we were using the words wrong. We were using the wrong words. So, but we were communicating a little bit. But I just felt so inadequate. And there were actually Brazilian churches in the area that they could go to, and I couldn't figure out why they were coming here. So I was trying to get them subtly to go over there because I just felt so inadequate. But God really brought conviction on my heart that, hey, I brought them to you. You need to, you need to minister to those that, God, that I brought to you. And so I sat them down and apologized and repented that I wasn't ministering and loving them the way God wanted me to. And right after that, the church began to grow more and more after that. And so my, my life lesson was, you, you never know who's got, who God is going to bring into your life, but you need to be prepared. Even if they're not like you, maybe you have nothing in common with them, you still need to love them and show them the love of God. And as we began to grow, we got our first, uh, we rented our first place. It was a very small convenience store. And I used to joke with people, I used to tell people that we had the coolest books in town because this convenience store had freezers along one wall and we turned it into our bookshelves. (laughs) And so these were uh, some of the first people that came and were part of our church. Um, As you can see, most of them are foreigners. Most of them were uh, Brazilians, and just as God had spoke to me at the beginning, strangers shall come, foreigners will come, and you know we had always felt that right from the beginning that we were going to be ministering not only to Japanese people but God was going to bring foreigners into our lives. Well, it was kind of amazing that God would say that because where we lived there were no foreigners, <laughs> but then suddenly God began to bring people. The the hard part about it was many of them would only stay for just a few years. They were in transit. They were in Japan working for making money. They would once they made enough money to build a house, which was very cheap to build a house in Brazil. Once they made enough money, they were ready to go back home. And so we had a lot of we didn't see a lot of big growth because we were having new people all the time. People would be there for two or three years, and then we'd have new foreigners that would come in. And so it was very it was a very difficult time because we really wanted to see God grow. We really wanted to see people who were committed and planted in the church for the long haul. And you know, it's you need to know where God wants you to be and you need people that will work with you, work in the vision with you and and that's why I encourage you at the beginning Get involved with the church plant down there in Vandalia because that's part of who you are. And that's part of your calling as part of this church. But we prayed that God would give us people who would walk with us. And not only foreigners, but we wanted to see more Japanese people saved. We We wanted to see Japanese people coming to know the true and living God. But I think The church began to grow because we were willing to stay faithful to the call even when there was no evidence. The third life lesson is to know your enemy. And over the years we've had to learn that, you know, people are not our enemies, but the spirit behind people and the spirit 
behind in Japan is our enemy. And we had to learn more about that enemy. Uh, I don't know if any of you know, but for 250 years, there was no Christianity allowed in Japan at all. And so Satan had really put down some very strong strongholds. And especially in our area, we found out in our area where our church is today, the temple in that town uh, is the place where Zen Buddhism began and spread throughout the whole Izu Peninsula. And so we began to do things symbolically. We'd take teams there and we prayed. We would pour uh, uh, wine on the ground representing the blood of Jesus over the ground to break the curses of the enemy. We would pour oil on the ground representing the Holy Spirit, releasing the, the power of the Holy Spirit in that area. And we began to see some breakthrough as we did that. And uh, part of, you know, you were part of that also because New Day brought many teams over and we prayer, prayer walked that area uh, many times. The other um, stronghold that we found out just recently is Mount Fuji. Mount Fuji is uh, the highest mountain in Japan, and it is a place of worship. But what we found out was that the very top of Mount Fuji is all owned by the Shinto shrines. And so it's a very big stronghold there. And so we we had even a team from uh, Hong Kong that came, some Chinese ladies, and they really wanted to go to Mount Fuji and we prayed there and they, they really pray. Yeah. <laughs> and so we were happy to take them there. <laughs> and so, you know, we, we, you have to learn your strongholds. Every community has its own spiritual strongholds. What, what is it that you find that people struggle with in your community, in your area? What are the strongholds that you can begin to pinpoint and say, okay, we need to begin to fast and pray over these areas, and what is it that we can do to see those strongholds broken? Uh, we moved the church again in 2003 to our current location. We began to rent two floors in... Uh, in uh, Izu, and this is the building that we had two floor. We were renting the first two floors. It was a computer building, a computer office building, and uh, but as we began to see breakthrough, then we began to see breakthrough in our own lives when we got through got some breakthrough in the spiritual realm then even in the natural realm we began to see breakthrough and we were able to get a loan for the building uh, the building went up for for auction because it had the people had gone bankrupt the owners had gone bankrupt and God miraculously gave us this building for a, 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 just a portion of what it's actually worth uh, the land is uh, 3,381 square feet. The building is 8,372 square feet. And this is what it looks like today, the, the first floor. And this is our second floor. We put a lot of uh, time and money and energy into remodeling the second floor so that we could really use it for current outreach projects that we're doing. This is our nursery area. 
And uh, this is a team from Tennessee who uh, was up on the third floor painting walls for us. And this is the the big room on the third floor. We're hoping to make that into our overflow room and our youth uh, room and youth outreach in the future. And then the fourth floor is our children's ministry. And uh, we can have a curtain that comes across the center of that so we can make it into two rooms or we can open it up for videos and movies and, and uh, children's worship. Awesome. Through the years we have seen many miraculous salvations. Uh, Japanese men, we had one Japanese man, 70 years old, who just miraculously gave his life to the Lord. He had many different kinds of idols that he just took them all to his uh, garden, threw them all, and we burned them up. Uh, he had different household altars. He had a fox shrine, which uh, we still sacrifice on. We tore it down and built a barbecue grill. <laughs> He got baptized, which is a big thing for Japanese people. If they get baptized, they're very serious about wanting to serve the Lord. And he passed away just this year. But the great thing about it was none of his relatives, his brother and relatives, none of them are saved. But his brother came to us and said, will you come to the funeral? And so they didn't actually want to have a funeral. They said, can you just come and and have a short prayer for him and then we're going to bury him. But after all the relatives got there, they wanted to have a ceremony. And so he came to me and said, can you you do a ceremony now? (laughs) Which I didn't prepare anything. But it was a great opportunity because none of them were saved. And so I got to just share about this man's life and how he was transformed by the power of God. And... After the funeral was over, we had so many comments about how nice the funeral was compared to a Japanese funeral. That There's so much hope. <laughs> you know, they felt so much hope. Yeah. Another Japanese man and his wife, a uh, Filipino wife, uh, they're a key couple in our church. And they miraculously, he got miraculously got saved also and uh, burnt his Buddhist altar and got baptized, and uh, is just growing in God, and and we disciple him every week. And this is Masa. He came here when we brought a team here to pray for you guys. The fourth life lesson that I learned is keep praying big prayers that you know that only God can answer. You know, we... We got the building. We were able to buy the building on a loan. But now our big prayer is that we could really pay the loan off. You know, we really want to just pay the loan and get out of completely out of debt for, for the building. And just there's so many more opportunities once we get it paid off uh, that we can't. We can't. We're not considered a religious organization in Japan because we, even though we bought the building and have the land, it's not ours until we pay the loan off. <laughs> And so once we get the loan paid off, then we can apply for religious status, which gives us so much more opportunities. And uh, we don't have to pay taxes anymore, which taxes for this building are quite a bit each year. 
We owe about $150,000 for a four-story building. It's the tallest building in the city. You know, God gave it to us. It was nothing that we did. God gave it to us. And I believe God wants to give us the money to, to pay it off. And, and that's what, that's our big prayer now. We're praying for that, and we're praying for more Japanese men to get saved. Those are our two big prayers. And, you know, you must have big prayers. Because if you don't have big prayers, if you can do it in your own strength, what do you need God for? You know, you you need to have big prayers. You need to have a big vision that only God can can fulfill so that you can see what God does as you walk it out and give God the glory. You know, we gave God the glory to this building because there was absolutely no way that we could buy this building. We had no chance. Nobody would give give us a loan for this building because I didn't make any money. So I was a, I was a poor risk to pay the loan off. But this Christian organization, uh, our friend was became the chairman of it, and they gave us the loan. <laughs> and so God, just, it was just there were so many miracles, and I know I talked about this this before, so I won't spend too much time on that. But there were just so many miracles that God gave us. It was a big prayer. We prayed for eight and a half years. We rented the first two floors for eight and a half years before we were actually able to actually buy the building. So it was a long process of believing God for big prayers. And they don't always happen overnight. The answers don't happen overnight. The fifth thing, life lesson that I've learned, is never think that the fight is over. You know, once we got the building, we bought the building, we we tended to begin to relax and say, oh, we've made it, you know. But then all kinds of things were happening. Health issues, spiritual issues, financial issues, all different kinds of things began to happen. And we thought, what happened? We we got the building. Things are supposed to get easier. And we didn't know what was going on. And then we got this prophetic word, and I'll read it to you, which put everything back into perspective and got our focus back on what we needed to be doing. Uh, the prophetic word that came to us said, Because of your faith in me, the battle might be intensified from now on. Your righteous acts of trusting in me is not a little thing anymore to the devil. So an evil spirit with a higher rank has been released to, to operate. The spirits over those shrines and temples that became sightseeing spots are not so great in their rank so it was not a big threat to the devil when when you prayed there and had prayer walks there. But now your faithfulness and obedience provoked a higher and stronger spirit. The highest spirit in their rank, which controls the whole Izu region, who has been in a rather unknown and seemingly forgotten place, is now been assigned to you. Hallelujah. I take that as good news. That means we're doing something right. Amen? Amen? The prophetic word continued on. Put on all your armor which I gave you. Be alert, be wise, and continue to be obedient. I will see to it that you will be protected and kept in me. Remember that I am with you. 
And, and that's the thing. Our God is bigger than any spirit that Satan can send against us. Our problem was we lost our focus a little bit. And so we opened the door to allowing Satan to do certain things. But once we got our focus back, we're still fighting the good fight of faith. We're still in the battle. There are still struggles that we face that have taken their toll on me physically as well as spiritually and emotionally. But am I ready to give up? Not in a heartbeat. Because God is on my side. And as long as we keep our focus on God, there's nothing that is impossible for Him to do. And my wife would like to share just for a minute here also under fighting the good fight of faith. Is it time? Oh, is it time? I have time, yeah. I didn't plan to give a testimony today, but when he was sharing the first, uh, during the first, first, first service on these points, I thought, oh, man, I, should, I need to give a, a testimony about these great things that happened. Um, the fourth point was that you pray big prayers. And one of my biggest prayers was, to, um, to, was uh, praying for Japanese men to be saved. And we've seen three Japanese men that got saved this year. That's a big thing in Japan. And um, first one was earlier this year. This man, he's now 30 years old. When one day, one service, Dennis called, um, uh, how do you call it, altar call. He, he gave an altar call. Oh, whoever wants to get saved to receive Jesus, you come forward. And let us pray for you. And this man, he was sitting in the back. And he stood up and came. And he was crying. Yeah. And that, that, that doesn't happen so much because Japanese men are so quiet and reserved. They don't show emotions. But he came forward and he wanted to get saved. And afterwards we talked to him, oh, so, so you want to be, be saved? He prayed, he wanted to get saved, he prayed. And then he told us that when, when he heard the message, he had all the, the, the guilt in his heart, but it was lifted. Wow. So he had to come forward to receive Jesus because he knew that that was God that did. So that was one of the biggest prayers that God answered this year. And second one was my father got saved. I testified this year. Yes. And then... And, and, and the third one was that this man, he's like in his six days, and his wife is a member of a church, Arlene, and uh, he had been doing this uh, Bible study with Amasa yeah. for like four or five months now, once a month. And then two weeks ago, they had the last lesson, and before the lesson, Masa asked, oh, how do we do the last lesson? So we, had, we helped him how to do it. And then this last lesson, there's a prayer of salvation. So I told him, we told him that uh, uh, this is not just to read. Because Japanese people, if you ask, oh, you want to pray this prayer, sometimes they do it because they want to be nice to you. If you say, oh, I don't want to pray, and then they're afraid that they might offend you. So sometimes they don't actually believe, but they just, to, they just read the prayer of salvation just to make you feel better. Because you have been helping you so much, you know. So I told Masa, we told Masa that, oh, you have to tell Alai Sam, Mr. Alai, that if you're going to read this prayer, that means you have to believe first. If you read this prayer, that means you become a Christian. So I advise, we advise him that make sure that if he wants to pray, that if he prays, he, he, he will be a Christian. So just make it clear. So they did a Bible study. At the end, there was a prayer. And then they explained to him that, oh, if you want to, to, to pray this, you're welcome to. But that means you're going to become a Christian. And he, he did. And he read the prayer on his own. And this is my heart. 
that I'm a sinner, I need Jesus, I'm going to pray, and I'm becoming a Christian. So, wow, three men got saved this year. That's a big miracle that God answered. One of my biggest prayers. And then, but when, we, when you have people get saved, you kind of relax. Oh, they got saved. Oh, wow. You know. But then I realized that the fight is not over. Because the first man I mentioned, that he's 30 years old, 30 years old, we have been getting together with him and his wife to have discipleship class. Um, discipleship, you know, class kind of thing. And then once we started, it was so fun. But then him and his wife stopped coming to church like a month and a half. So, oh, no, that was so discouraging because we were getting together, you know, outside the church, discipling them, and then they stopped coming to church. And I realized, oh, the fight is not over. Right? Just because he got saved, we started the discipleship class. It doesn't mean the fight is not over. It doesn't mean that fight is not over, right? So... It doesn't mean that fight is over, right. right? So I realized that, oh, I need to keep praying, not di- get discouraged. That's because they stopped coming to church for a month and a half. I should not give up. I need to keep praying for them, loving them. And now they started coming back to church again. Right. So, and also, so my father too, he has not been to church yet because it, it, uh, we need to help him to go out. Yeah. But some days we cannot help him to go. So I realized, oh, he cannot come to church at this point. So then I need to read the Bible to him. Yeah, that's good. And then, so I go to him, oh, let me read the Bible to you. And he's so shy, like, oh, no, I don't want to hear, you know. But then, oh, this is a fight, too, that I need to press and I need to be, to just to, to be persistent. And, oh, it's okay, you just need to sit and close your eyes. I'll just read the verse, you know, just like one, one or two verses. Yeah. So I do that, and then he's so happy. So there's a fight, right? I have to keep going. Just because he's so shy, he didn't want me to do it, I cannot stop, you know. So, so I just want to encourage you that God answers big prayers. Yeah. But just because he answered it, the fight is not over yet. You need to keep going, praying, and loving people. You know, I just, that's what I'm experiencing. He's faithful, and he will help you through the fight. Amen.